Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb And welcome to Groundhog Minute, the podcast where we celebrate the 1993 classic Groundhog Day, one repetitive minute at a time. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm your other host, Sean. And joining us today, we have a special guest from the Toy Story Minute. It's John. Welcome. Hi. That's my name and the thing that I do. <laughs> well, good. Good. We got, we got that right. We got the right, yeah. We got the right guy. Absolutely. Pick it up, boys. We well, got this one. We're good. Okay, so see you next time. No, we, 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 oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no. We got more to talk about. And we, we want to welcome you to the show. And today we are here to talk about Minute 65. Sean, give me a summary. So in Minute 65, Phil decides to take a bath uh, with the toaster, as as one does. And then he takes a leisurely walk across the street, and he soars to new heights in Punxsutawney. And Rita and Larry later go to the morgue to identify his body. So this is another like dark, serious mm-hmm. minute. We're really... Facing death here, at least the we, Phil has died once before, uh, and that was the last week, the previous minute. But that was kind of fun, you know. He had the groundhog; he's in the truck. It, too early for flapjacks. He's like yeah. driving off the the cliff into the quarry. Like that was kind of a fun death. This is more like <laughs> like death, death. <laughs> yeah, this is him. He doesn't want to admit that death didn't work, mm-hmm. and he just wakes up with, "No, I'm going to find another way to die." He tried a a fairly dramatic way of killing himself and then decided on a bunch of ways that I have some serious critiques of his suicide methods here. Uh, They're just not, they're not very effective ways. Uh, They they say, like, if you do something, do it right. But Mm -hmm. this is one of those cases where, like, no, you shouldn't. But also, he he isn't. He's doing a bad job. None of these are surefire ways. Walk me through it. Okay. Well, okay, first of all, I don't know how much you guys have talked about the musical Groundhog Day. Um, a, a little bit, a little but bit. not much, because uh, neither one of us got a chance to see it, unfortunately. Oh, me neither, but I did listen to the song that is this minute, basically, called Hope. And it's a really uplifting-sounding song about how you should never give up hope, and you should keep trying, and always get back at it, and never let anything discourage you, and just try, try again. That's a but good, good thing- uplifting message. The thing they're saying you should hope for, the thing you're saying you should try and do is suicide. Uh, it's Ooh. extremely dark. It is maybe the darkest. I mean, I haven't seen the musical, but I've listened to some of the libretto, and it is very dark. Uh, kids at home and adults and tw- all the tweens out there listen to podcasts. Don't do that. Seek help and all that. It's very bad to kill yourself, but it's especially bad to severely injure yourself in the hopes of killing yourself? Well, I guess that's not as bad, but it is worse for Phil. Because here's the thing with Phil. It is the morning when he does the toaster thing, because we see the bed and breakfast guests doing breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He, he makes himself toast. I like that he includes bread in the toaster. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> he could just put the coils down, but he... I don't know. It's the whole thing. I yeah, no, I, well, I like that a little... Yeah, that little detail always amuses me. Whenever he push, you know, he pu- and he pushes down both sides. He's got the bread, and I don't know too much about electrocution and toasters. Like, is that necessary? Do you have to push down the plungers 
for for that to work. Go with it. Does it need to be gripping a thing? I think it depends on the toaster. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you think he went downstairs and got some bread and then went back upstairs? Or, like, got the toaster, too? Because why oh, would he have well, a toaster in his room? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So the previous minute, he immediately, this is right after he believed, you know, he drove oh, the truck off with, with Groundhog Phil. the previous minute. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, here, yeah, that's a quick summary is that he, he's driven the car off. He's The car, the whole thing's blown up. Mm-hmm. He then wakes up in the bed, and he just, he doesn't want to admit that he's not died yet. So he just walks down, he goes right up to Mrs. Lancaster, and yeah, she's about to ask for coffee, but he grabs the toaster with, the bread is prepped. So Mrs. Lancaster, as a good host, has pre-prepped the toaster for bread. So he doesn't want to so, waste bread. Yeah, she's, she's pre-prepped it, she's like, if you need it, it's right mm-hmm. here. And so yeah, he grabs it, and so she says, would you like some, uh, a toast? And then he just takes it up with him, and I guess she doesn't go after him, I guess she once she's like, okay, well, Why I guess you my- not. If anything, he stole your toaster. <laughs> yeah, but- <laughs> At the very least, he just stole property from this bed and breakfast. I guess he hasn't left the bed and breakfast with it, so she doesn't have a rule where it's like, well, he hasn't left the building with the toaster. So, and I don't have a rule where it's like you can't take the toaster into the room. <laughs> take but it she, <laughs> they should. That's a fire so, hazard. She's like, I. It is a. That is true. Well, with yes. Her, with yes. this old. With this old building, it's definitely a fire hazard. It will. It's a, a fire hazard and an electrocution hazard. It's definitely, definitely very, very, very. Dangerous. I looked this up because this is common. And you're and you're right there. It's going to take time for him to fill up this tub, and and who like, somebody had to be trying to get a shower. Yeah, I mean, I imagine he was filling up the tub while he was like while he went down to get the toaster. You know, like left the plug going, mm-hmm. left the the, the water going. We hear you. Yeah. 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 Well, but I'm wondering. So, but then, like, I guess the risk is someone else goes to the bathroom. Like, so he, he stops up, he puts the stopper in the tub, he turns the water on. While it's filling up, he goes downstairs, grabs the toaster, bread already in it. I could just see him turning around, getting back to the bathroom. Oh, this is a shared bathroom. And, and the door's locked, and someone else is in there. Yeah. Cause he just has oh, a little sink no. in his room. This is like shared for the B&B kind of thing. Yep. So, I could just it's see him standing terrible. outside the bathroom with the toaster, and then maybe it's it's like the guy in the hallway that we haven't seen for a while. Maybe he's brushing his teeth or something, and then he opens the door and leaves and, and walks out of the bathroom, and then like Phil's standing there in a robe, you know, with a with a toaster under his arm, <laughs> and just be like, "Well, what's that? That'd be kind of weird. Like, you know, where's he going with that toaster? Do you think he went for a good temperature <laughs> on the water? Did he wait for it to heat up?" Because <laughs> he doesn't flinch when he gets in, so he probably he's probably just like, yeah, this is a good temperature for me. It's not too hot, not too cold. <laughs> I feel like Phil's just like yeah. dead inside it already, and just like, oh, what does it matter? Just like gets in, what does it even yeah. matter? Because <laughs> no, we've had we've we had this discussion where he's had, he's trying to take showers, and he goes, "There's no hot water on," and then Miss Lancaster says, "Of course there yeah, isn't. Not today. So, <laughs> not today." Be. So that's yeah. So clearly, like the water is in, is ice cold in this thing. So I looked up because this is a very common thing: is the electric the suicide by toaster? Ooh, uh, it's is it right up next to suicide by cop? As far as like things to, to suicide by blank things in like movies, and it turns out that in most with most toasters you cannot do this. It does not oh, work. Thank God. 
because they're I don't know much about like electrician stuff, but basically <laughs> it will trip a breaker yeah. in both the toaster and in the electricity of the the building and it will probably at the most heat up the water a lot and maybe like run like it'll run electricity through you, but I don't know if this is enough to kill him, which it being breakfast means that for the next I don't know how late in the day he can be. If it knocks him out, that's good, because that means the day starts over. But if he's still alive and, like, conscious, then he's going to wait until it resets and be in agonizing pain for, like, what, 18 hours? 12 hours? Just about, yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So don't do this if you're in a time loop, guys, is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because that that is, yeah, there's a lot of things the movie cuts around is that, like, the rest of this day, whether he's alive or dead, Mrs. Lancaster has to file a just a bunch of police reports. Oh, do you think the rest of the day happens without Phil? We we will see that. I guarantee you, we will see what happens uh, in post-death of Phil days. Yeah, hold on to that. Oh, th- yeah, duh. We see that at the end of the minute. Oh, man. Right. Duh. <laughs> Yeah, because we've we've we've, we've 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 wondered that on the show, Dave and I, and and, and previous guests, that we can kind of like what so what happens, you know, to everyone else for the rest of the day. But we will we actually find out um, mm-hmm. later in, in this minute. minute. But this, yeah, this this um, this this sequence of events is is strange, and there are ways that are just not good. As as you mentioned with the toaster oven, yeah, you know, modern day toasters are gonna they have a. a the um, line breaker yeah. or whatever, or um, fuse—that's the word I was looking for. You know, that's the, what it is. A fuse or something. So they're gonna, you know, you'll just be—you'll make a, like a cup of or a bowl of a fill soup or fill tea, but you don't actually get <laughs> going. And then the next thing we see him step in front of a truck that hits the brakes, so it's not even going full speed. Yeah, that just seems like you're gonna get really messed up in terms of like. You know, Phil having to live the rest of the day in excruciating Agony. pain. This seems like that. It's not. That's not going to do it. This is just well, going to break a lot of bones, and you're going to be in pain. But I don't know if this is going to kill you. How much like self harm do you think he's done besides like these kinds of things? Because I feel like at some point you just do everything that you can, uh, especially if he, you know he's going through his suicidal tendencies right now, mm-hmm. uh, which you know. Obviously, very bad. Don't do it, folks. But he must have, at some point, like, he's probably at one point, like, broken an arm and just been like, huh, so this is what it's like. Oh. <laughs> if o- if yeah. only because it happened when he got hit by the truck, you know? Yeah. The same with jumping off the clock tower. Like, that's, is it a clock tower, a bell tower, whatever. He, you know, he's going to break a bunch of bones and get severely injured, do a nice spin, a flip off the tower, but... It might not kill him, and that's the worst case scenario: is not being dead for the rest of the day. Yeah, and I think that that goes to show just how far gone Phil is, because there's some things you have to overcome. Just natural fear, like mm-hmm. jumping off of a tall building, is not something I could do. And maybe, and I think that's not something most normal people do. And maybe if you've done bungee jumping, then you've kind of gotten used to that motion. Okay, 
this is safe. Something's going to catch me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hurt myself, but I don't picture Phil as someone who's done a lot of bungee jumping. So I would think just the natural fear of pain and what you said, like what, what happens if it doesn't work? Like, even if he's so depressed that he wants to die, I would think that apprehension of like, you know, and, and from what we've seen, this is the, the tallest tower in the town. Like this is as high as he can go. And it's still, it doesn't look very high. I'd want to it's like what, I, three you know, or I'd, four stories, probably. Yeah, four or five. Like it, I'd you know I'd want to be like I don't know Empire twenty State. thirty stories up. <laughs> I'd want to be yeah. I want to guarantee I'm not just breaking legs or a pelvis or something. Um, well, and even this, like, so this is a city. You mentioned the um, the truck breaking, and it's a city street anyway. So it's not like a highway where the truck is going mm-hmm. fifty five or sixty five. They're probably going 35 or maybe even 25, and then they break. And I had a question. Yeah. I, I wonder if you if you guys, John or, or Dave, um, what does Phil yeah. say right at like second 21, 22? He steps out in front of the truck. He holds his hands up, and he mouths something. I don't know if it's – is he saying mm. it's just like beep, beep? What, what do you think he's saying here? Um, let me see. Ooh. And, he, and he's flashing and his hands I'm at the same time. He's opening his palms up, and it's not in it's not in the script, and it's not in the closed captioning. Oh, it's a hundred percent got to be a, a ad lib. Yeah, it's probably just a, like it sounds like it looks like he's saying just like mop mop mop. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, it's kind of like um, he's taking final breaths of like preparation. Mm-hmm. I think it might be come on, come on. Oh yeah, yeah. Anything with that. Ah. Yeah. It could be, yeah. Uh, and as uh, Sean, as you were saying, with uh, you know not being mentally prepared for this, I think it is erroneous to kind of think that this isn't the first time he's done this or the first mm-hmm. time he's considered it. I'm sure that he's a f- couple of days gone up to the top of the clock tower or whatever tower and not jumped. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, that's like I don't want to get into too dark of territory in this minute about suicide, but uh, I mean, there's a reason that like bridges have gates, like or uh, like like guardrails on them, yeah. even on places you're not supposed to walk. Like when they did that on bridges in like uh, in like Tokyo or in like L.A., suicide rates dropped drastically just because that extra effort is enough to make you reconsider. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of unusual that Phil goes at this for mm. so long in a row. Is there something about suicidal depression that makes you lazy? Well, no, it's that. Well, actually, yes, kind of. Uh, you know, it, it takes away your drive to do things. Right. Yeah, and, and it's and like I'm. If I can get a little personal, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm fine now, folks. But um, in college, I went through a, a phase of this kind of thing, and that's. Part of what saved me is standing behind a guardrail and not, like, wanting to actually, like, that was that one little step between me and it. And I think that's how it is for a lot of people. If they, like, there's a reason that there's a lot of attempted suicides because people don't always go through with it or succeed as I don't think Phil does any of these three times. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when we see him in the morgue, it's not from one of these attempts because he didn't die, probably. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. could. Yeah. There it could have been a lot that they just 
you know, let's not show it because then he's going to say it later in another day. But yeah, they don't want to show everything. But yeah, I'm sure that he has killed himself many times. I mean, obviously he's killed himself many times. But I like a lot of these times must have been just like kind of toying around with it or like. He, I don't care if I die, I don't care if I get injured, whatever, I just want to end it, that kind of thing where, you know, just like I said with the, a guardrail will stop someone from jumping, then they survey people and, like, they all say, like, yeah, no, that would have been a dumb thing to do, because when you're in, like, this kind of suicidal mindset, you don't think about the future, obviously, because why would you? And so, like... For Phil, he can't think of the future because there is no future in his mind. Mm-hmm. And so, for him, he's not planning these out that much. I mean, the most planning we see him do is walking up some stairs or grabbing a toaster. It, it, he's not, you know, he's not going through elaborate plans here. Right, yeah. I mean, even the the chase sequence from last week... Was probably kind of spur of the moment, yeah, yeah. Just spur of the moment, like, oh, at least the first time was like, oh, there's the truck with the groundhog in it. I'm just gonna jump in and drive away and see what at happens. At least half of it yeah. was, I'm gonna get out of this alive and make there be a future because I think that the groundhog's doing it. Yeah, we yeah. do think that. And then Mrs. Lancaster, we think that she's a we think she's behind some of this too. Right. That's my theory. Well, we know. I don't. I don't know if Phil suspects her yet. I mean, we know she's no. behind it, but I don't know if Phil is is onto her yet. Yeah. Guys, you are ignoring Cher's role in this. <laughs> I don't. Like, don't come on. Don't speak ill of Cher. I'm just going to warn just, you now. Okay. We're going to have trouble I, if you're. I love Cher. Okay. I think she's great. She's uh, everyone's problematic fave, obviously. But she, if anyone is, like, sort of nefarious witch, but, like, in the in the Wiccan sense of a witch, mm-hmm. I think it would be Cher. She probably has cast some spells in her day, and this is gonna up her, like, think of how many songs have you listened to, like, thousands of times, as Phil listens to her hit, I Got You, Babe. I Got You, This babe. is driving up her radio hit plays. <laughs> Yeah. She's making a career off of uh off of, off of one guy. Yeah. One guy. Well and, and Sonny too. Don't Yeah, yeah. Let's not discount well, his role. The whole, yeah. Oof. Yeah. <sighs> so th- we so then we cut to you know, we cut to the morgue here at the end, and yeah, it's one of the many days that we don't see that continue after Phil dies and Rita and Larry have to deal with the consequence of it. And it's going to hurt Rita the most since, you know, she just met this guy and then he commits suicide on her first, their first outing. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's probably going to mess, that's going to mess her up. Yeah, it's, it's odd because, like, I understand her reaction because obviously if you see that a person you just met, you know, killed themselves, you're going to, you know, freak out. But it seems almost like they're trying to make her seem more attached to him than she is. Because an important thing, especially when we get into, like, romantic... When you guys get into romantic minutes with her, is that, like, she's known him for less than 24 hours. <laughs> so, like, I can understand, like, being shocked and even crying, but, like, I don't know. It feels weird that she's this connected. Like, Chris Elliott is a, a douchebag here. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. You know, he's a, oh, no. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. He was... Uh, this is incredibly fake. 
His, I mean, yeah, he yeah, was a but great guy. Great, he was great. Like this is the most. I'm sorry, he's he's being a real dickhead in this scene. I'm sorry. I think he's the secret. He's secretly worse than Phil, and maybe maybe he's going through his own Groundhog Day at the same time, and they just never thought to communicate to each other about it. Larry's had to put up with Phil and his attitude for so long. Yeah, he doesn't have to like him. He's just, he's honestly doing it probably just, just so he, Rita could hear it. And, you know, Rita may know it's, it's sort of fake, but I don't think you right know, now Rita wants to hear how much of a dick, uh, Phil was to, to Larry. If you Larry, don't yeah, Larry, like Larry, a guy, Larry, like, it, you, Larry don't, can, you don't lie about him. You just say, yeah, we knew him well, or like, you don't, you don't just make up some stuff on the spot about how he was super nice and great and you loved him so much. Like, that's that's insulting to the dead, to be that fake. I don't know. I mean, some people do, but those people are dickheads. Yeah, I, and I can see, like, just not not speaking ill of the dead, but I thought this was interesting. So, three just three days ago, Phil or Larry was saying, there are a lot of things really wrong with Phil. And now all of a sudden he's saying right. he's a really, really great guy, like two reallys. And you could just, you could, you know, he could have said, oh, we'll miss him. We're sorry he's I think gone. He's <laughs> you know, you're grasping have... for things to say and he wants to compliment him just because he feels bad because he's been, you know, trading barbs with Phil all this time. Yeah. But to be fair, I mean, he's been, Phil's been the instigator, at least as far as we've seen. We don't know the full background of, of this relationship. Oh, no, definitely. But when you find out that someone's like, you know, when you find out something like, to him, this like this suicidal depression just came all at once in one day. So to Chris Elliott, who I refuse to refer to by his name mostly because I forgot it, um, <laughs> Phil is a guy who now he's looking at it as, oh man, Phil must have been lashing out because of like self-loathing. Phil must have been, you know, all this kind of stuff. So he's recontextualizing his entire relationship with Phil and thinking like, oh, I should have been nicer to him when like, obviously he didn't owe mm-hmm. Phil to be nicer to him. But this is the kind of thing that makes you th- rethink a person, you know? Like when you hear that, you know, your favorite celebrity uh, has anger issues and beat his wife or something, then you think, oh, that's why he's so kooky and wacky and messed up of a person not that i'm you know i'm not subtweeting anyone in this movie or anything but you know theoretically if that was a thing but i I like that i I, i'm kind of interested i I would be interested to see kind of like a a memento or an irreversible type movie that begins with phil suicide and larry saying he was a really really great guy and then we go back through the relationship as Phil is replaying it, or as, um, sorry, as Chris Elliott is replaying it in his head of like all their interactions and like in this new light of, oh, Phil wasn't being rude to me. He wasn't acting out towards me. He was, you know, he was just expressing his depression. And then Chris Elliott's like, oh my God, I've completely. You know, I, I've I've misjudged. I completely missed the point of this whole relationship, and then it goes backwards. And then in the end, it's like when they first meet, and then Larry's like, or, or Chris Elliott's like, "Oh, you should just kill yourself." Yeah. You know, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, my like god, it all casually. like I did it," kind of thing. Yeah. Again, not to get I think too that'd personal, be like an interesting. Of course, I mean, not for us because I just ruined the ending. But I mean, for mm-hmm. for someone who's not listening to the podcast. <laughs> 
Yeah, make the Groundhog Day extended universe, cinematic universe, yeah. Uh, again, not to get that personal, but I did have a friend from high school recently who uh, who killed himself, and it was... Uh, everyone knew that he, like, had problems with self-loathing and depression, but again, like, you recontextualize it a lot because uh, he was a kind of an abrasive guy, but it was because of, you know his own problems that he had with himself and like no one was going to speak ill of him. I'm not, I'm definitely not going to speak ill of him. He was a great guy, but like when uh, people who are jerks are often jerks for a reason, uh, at least you hope so. Cause otherwise it's like, ugh, why would you do that? Why would you just be such a douchebag, you know? But yeah, I, I can understand. I don't think either Andy McDowell, Rita, whatever, uh, or, Larry O'Donnell, Chris McGlover, uh, is here thinking, you know, thinking like they know exactly what's going on. This is just a shock to the system. Uh, this is such a dark minute, guys. Mm-hmm. So, so um, I have a, I have a, um, I think, I guess. So in the original script, going, going old school, going back to the original mm-hmm. script from Danny Rubin, uh, something that's in there that we don't get in the movie originally when phil wakes up after the after the crash at the quarry in in the Mm -hmm. uh in the pickup with the groundhog originally the next day when phil wakes up there are tears in his eyes he's crying and in in the in the movie the final thing that we get we i don't think we ever see phil cry in the bed in the beginning no yeah so you know, in terms of this, this you know, this uh, slide into not just depression but a, a suicidal depression into uh, you know a series of self harming events that it's very, it's very cold and unemotional. He's and the 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 way uh, Harold Ramis says it in the the director's commentary is you know Phil is frozen. His frozen exterior matches his frozen emotions. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the original I, script, it's, he's he's more emotional in that. Yeah, we we see tears that we never get from from the Bill Murray Phil. I'm not completely up to date. How long do you guys think that he is in this loop? Because my personal headcanon is that it's thousands of years, and that he lives like much more than a lifetime. So he kind of does lose his ability to feel emotions, uh, at least for a while, until he, you know, starts falling in love with Andy McDowell, because, like America, he can't help but fall in love with Andy McDowell. <laughs> yes, of course, like America. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, we, and I don't know, maybe we'll do a special episode at some point going through, there's different theories and different calculations, but mm-hmm. they rely on a lot of assumptions, like how long does it take to learn to play the piano? How long does it take to learn how to make an ice sculpture with a, with a chainsaw kind of things that, you know, you got to make a lot of assumptions about things we don't see. I think we see, I think it was something like 40 days in total. I mean, up to this point, we've seen 28 days. So, I mean, we know for and a fact there's at least 28 three. days. Yeah. But there's, well, I mean, is this, is this, but I, mean, 20... there's, there's a, I, I do not doubt there's a lot more we don't see. But um, is this, uh, in your official count, is, 28 the one where he jumps off the building is 20 or is 28 the one where he toasters himself so now we're on what like 30 uh actually no by the end of the minute so the first day when he toasters himself that's 26 Uh then the truck hits he's 27 he jumps off the top of the building that's 28 and i'm assuming 
And just because we don't see anything in between, I'm assuming this scene in the morgue with Larry and Rita, this is following him jumping off the building. So that's day 28. His face, well, not to spoil anything for next minute, but his face does not look like he just jumped off a building and did a flip and all that. It looks more of a peaceful death. (laughs) I was thinking that. This could be. This yeah. could have been for something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we'll talk about that next minute. But yeah. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous to assume that he uh, that he spent all of his days like learning these things because, especially when you go into a suicidal depression, like we said, it does make you, for lack of a better term, like lazy. It makes you not want to do things. Like I, I would be shocked if Phil has not spent several days just like. He lies there and, like, leaves the radio on or just, like, stares out the window or just, like, tries to rack his brain for ways out of this, you know? Yeah, I think there's got to be days, and and they don't show up, but there's got to be days where he just lays in bed and, yet doesn't silence the alarm so that that radio station is just playing the whole day for 24 hours until the following morning. Um, Yeah, I mean, we do see some of that, like, over... Sorry, uh, when do you think, like, it rolls over? Because when you said that he woke up with tears in his eyes, that made me think, does the day not reset to six? Does it reset to earlier and he's just sleeping through the first hour of every day? Because, <laughs> like, it doesn't roll over at midnight, right? Yeah, it rolls over at 6 a.m. Yeah, I think it's at 6 a.m. I think, like, yeah, if he's out on the town or he's, you know, he's he's driving around evading police or whatever he's doing at 5.59, as soon as that clock flips over to 6 a.m., then snap, so he's back in bed. The tear thing wouldn't happen then. It would be he 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 goes to exactly six a.m. at the start of every day, like he doesn't sleep. Yeah, well, I think it, I think it was he he cries after the alarm. You know, after the alarm goes, he oh, wakes up and he realizes he hasn't been yeah. able to success, successfully kill himself, and you know from the crash, and and then he cries. I don't mm-hmm. know if he he wakes up with the tears in motion i think he cries after waking up at 6 a.m yeah yeah because okay. it certainly he we get it looks like he you know he stopped wearing a tie he looks like he stopped shaving but it doesn't he doesn't grow a beard he just has the same yeah. one day you know stubble which is i you know if you could do that i know there's lots uh, yeah, of guys would that never would shave again <laughs> would gladly have that product if you can figure out a way to to do that yeah yeah well I, I, if I had unlimited money, I would definitely do like laser hair removal, like you know, like uh, like certain trans people do, or like people who have like weird hairlines do. Just because I hate shaving, it's the worst thing. So, can you, if I was Phil, I wouldn't have shaved the first day. <laughs> <laughs> can you do? Obviously, I, I've heard of laser hair hair removal. Does that work on the face? Can you do that to face hair? Yeah, tr- uh, trans women do it. Like it's oh. a it's a thing. So, uh, I know that it, it, you know, it's probably pretty expensive and, you know, uh, but, but it's, it is a thing. It's like electrolysis or whatever. It's, you know, if you can do it on your head or whatever, you can do it on your face. Well, if, if there's any listeners out there who own a, a laser hair removal practice, (laughs) I will gladly accept free treatments in exchange for advertising on the show. So there you go. I will. You want to never shave again, <laughs> like Phil? Yeah. I I wonder if like years in the future after this film, he just like 
forgets to do basic functions because, like, you know, do you think he poops in this in this day? Because some people go, you know, full days without pooping. Do you think Phil? <laughs> if Phil doesn't poop during the day of the Groundhog Day, then I, yeah, yeah I can imagine. Guessing, yeah, I can imagine him like you know in my head canon, you know, thousands of years from now, or you know whatever had canon at least like a few hundred days from now he's the next day he's like what is this oh wow pooping i forgot about pooping and then he's like has to wipe himself and he's like this is so weird i don't understand like he's not used to pooping just because he's gone without it for so long (laughs) he can't be he can't be useful for pooping it's a thing yeah yeah i mean when we you know seeing what he eats in the diner i'm sure there's poop involved (laughs) Well, he can get pretty blocked up with what he eats in the diner. Yeah, I mean, and that that's that's something that that obviously the movie doesn't address. Maybe maybe that'll be in the sequel of of Phil having to get reacclimated. Like you can't just you can't just leave all dirty dishes in the sink and assume they're going to be clean. Well, in he the hasn't morning. had to do dishes at all. You know, I, I can see it being very rough on Rita. You know, assuming that their relationship they hit it off and then they stay together and and they rent a place in Punxsutawney. And then she's like, you can't just throw your dirty clothes all over the place and expect them to be magically hung up in the morning. You have to shave. You have to poop. You have to shower at some point in your life. And one last note from uh, from Harold Ramis in in the director's commentary on the Blu-ray. He talks about, uh, just backing up a little bit, to to Phil jumping off the top of that tower and mm-hmm. that and that stunt. So uh so Ramis says he told the stunt guy to hold the swan dive as long as he could. Uh but that's not the interesting thing. I thought the interesting thing is is Ramis says he thinks the guy who did that stunt was Rick LaFleur. Okay. And I thought that was interesting like cuz he's not sure, he just thinks it's that guy and I I looked it up in IMDb and that is he's Rick is credited as the stunt coordinator. So I'm wondering, like... There's not a lot of stunts in this movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, And he, I mean, he's done a lot of... He's got a pretty impressive resume. He's done a lot of stunts in other movies. Um, so just to, to back up on Rick, he was the driving double for Tom Cruise in Risky oh. Business. And he was also the double for Matthew Broderick in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, oh, yeah, he's got that short... Uh, short-haired brunette kind of thing going on. Yeah. You can do anything there, yeah. Yeah, he also did stunts for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, one of my favorite movies. And then just more recently, he did some stunts for Man of Steel and The Dark Knight as well. Hmm. But uh, the thing I thought, like, so so Ramis is like, oh, I think this guy, you know, this is the guy who who does the stunt. And I'm I'm wondering, like, so, like, the stunt coordinator... There's like a bunch of people that are credited as doing stunts, and then this guy is the stunt coordinator. Is this just like Ramis being the director? This is the only person that he dealt with in terms of stunts. Like he just talked to the stunt coordinator, who then would manage the actual stunt men and women themselves. Does Ramis think like this one guy did all the stunts just because this is the only guy he talked to? Like, is that how directors view stunts? He might mean, like, he did the stunts, as in he did stunts, like, that he was in charge of stunts. Like, if you say someone did the, you know, did the craft services, Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean other people weren't involved. 
I don't know. That's okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I got. I just and and Ramus is not very. He doesn't go into great detail in in the director's yeah, commentary. He does not. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really get into the the nitty gritty. He obviously hasn't watched this movie uh, enough times as as we have. But yeah, the the impression I got is he thought like it was the stunt coordinator doing this actual stunt personally. But he could have been just using a shorthand that I just wonder, like, as a director, is he is he just abstracted the whole stunt department to be represented by this one person? Yeah, that's not that weird. I don't know. Yeah, either that or the 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 stunt was a little risky. So the coordinator would do it himself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So uh, sounds like that is about it for what minutes for minute sixty five. So, John, thank you. Thanks for joining us. If uh, if our listeners want to hear more, where can they find you? Uh, I am mainly what I do these days is Toy Story Minute. It's this, but for Toy Story, uh, we've done the first two films so far. We wrapped up the second one, and we're in kind of a hiatus before doing the third one. Doing like uh, some episodes on like Pixar shorts and stuff in between the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command movie, which was a weird thing that happened. <laughs> That's something uh, that happened. Yeah, yeah. I do that with my friend Jeb. You can find us on any podcast thing. We're on the Dueling Genre Network, so if you go there, you can find like you know us and all of our sibling podcasts of note. And uh, you know you can go on Twitter, find us at Toy Story Minute. Uh, if you want to join our Facebook group, it's the uh, Andy's Room, the Toy Story Minute Roundup, because uh, toys, they do things, and so does Witty. And uh, if you want to follow me personally, I guess you could find me <laughs> yeah. at John yeah. Gargia on Twitter. It's J-O-N-G-A-R-G-I-A. It's an intentional misspelling of my name that I have to explain every time, because otherwise it's like, why you do that? So that's... That's the thing, but mostly you should you know find me over on Toy Story Minute, and I do things there. Yeah, so I encourage I folks to, to check that out. Like like John said, they just wrapped up uh, Toy Story Two. Two so yeah. if you haven't been listening, you'll have some time to to catch up and, and binge before they get onto Toy Story Three and, and the other stuff. So that's great. Mm-hmm. So thank you for for joining us, John. Listeners out there in podcast land, thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow if there is one. Sean, you're a really, really great guy. You put your hands in mine. You don't have America. <laughs> <laughs>